4: Hey everybody, I love it when the guy says let's get this party started and it's a day that it really does feel like a party and that means that there's somebody sitting right next to me here who's going to be speaking with all of us soon. Let me give you the rundown on today's show and then I'll share some little notes with you and we will jump into Main Street Vegan for this very week. I wanted today to have on someone who is really about the Food of the people in a vegan sense. And the person who perfectly fit that description is Marty Crudelo, also known to Twitter people as at Vegan Pilot Marty. He is the brains behind Marty's Flying Vegan Review, very popular longtime blog. And he has also invented A fabulous new food product that we're going to be hearing about here in a little bit. And we're also going to have joining us via Skype coming on a bit later, Terry Hope Romero. I know, I know, a famous vegan. Yeah, she's the co author of Veganomicon, which is probably the best selling vegan cookbook of all time. But what's getting so much press and so much play right now is her new book, Salad Samurai where she makes salad real food, even for people who don't think of themselves as salad people. So I want to start out by sharing with you some of the fun things that have been happening lately and things that are coming up. William and I took a little business, but also pleasure trip to Philadelphia this weekend. It's kind of funny. My daughter, Adair, y'all know Adair. She used to co-host this show and her husband, are taking a trip this coming Friday. They're going to Indonesia. They're going to see Komodo dragons. They're going to see orangutans in Borneo. And William and I went to Philadelphia. So I said to Adair, well, our trips are sort of similar because Indonesia and Philadelphia both end in A. But honestly, I had so much fun in Philly. So, so much fun. So a shout out to everybody who's there What a glorious city. Absolutely beautiful. So many wonderful things to do. We went to the super famous, fabulous vegetable restaurant, Veg, which is everything that you've heard. The food was art. It was really art that you can eat. An absolutely delicious, beautiful, beautiful atmosphere. We also went to a new place called Pure Sweets. Founded by a devotee of pastry chef Fran Costigan, that you know from this show and from her book Vegan Chocolate. Pure Sweets is so lovely. It's healthy and it's also exquisitely delicious, beautiful atmosphere. You'll absolutely love it. We went there for Sunday brunch and we met Freya Dinshaw, co-founder and president of the American Vegan Society, and her daughter Anne Dinshaw. And it occurred to me in talking with them that there are just way too many vegans who don't know that there is an American Vegan Society. So here is my plan. To make membership in the American Vegan Society as ubiquitous for vegans as membership in AARP is for people who are over 50. So to that end, I am going to be giving away a membership in the American Vegan Society every week on this show until the middle of January. That'll be our first show coming back after Christmas break. I believe that date is something like January 17th. We'll talk about that later. It's the middle of January. I want to bring Anne and Freya on the show to talk about Anne's new book, Powerful Vegan Messages, and to just talk about where we came from as we start off on a new year, as veganism grows and grows. These people, well, not Anne, she wasn't born yet, but her parents started the American Vegan Society in 1960, so what you will get as a member of the American Vegan Society is their wonderful quarterly magazine, American Vegan, you'll also have access to to the coolest bookstore ever. They have all the brand-new vegan books, of course, which they sell at a discount, but they also have archival books, books you cannot get anywhere else. So if you're somebody who really likes books that are rare and hard to find, that have to do with veganism, vegetarianism, Gandhian philosophy, yoga, you can get them this way. You also have access to the brilliance of Freya Dinshaw, who... Maybe has not been vegan longer than anybody in America, but she's got to be in the top five. So I want to give that membership away to the first person who calls us today at 888-558-6489. Again, that number is 888-558-6489. And if you are not in the United States of America, you can call 816-347-5519. That's 816-347-5519. Win your membership in the American Vegan Society and your subscription to American Vegan Magazine. So now back from my little vacation to Philly, lots of fun things going on right here Tomorrow evening, Cowspiracy, fabulous documentary film, is going to be having its New York City premiere. It's already premiered a couple of other places, one of which was Vegetarian Summerfest, so I have seen Cowspiracy. But you've got to check this out. Go to Cowspiracy.com, see how you can set up a screening in your part of the world. The Cowspiracy is okay. We know from the United Nations, from the World Bank, that animal agriculture causes more global warming gases or climate change gases, greenhouse gases, than any other human activity. And yet so many of the big environmental organizations act like it doesn't even exist. So if you want to find out about the cowspiracy, check that out. And if you want to find out about vegan pilot Marty and his fabulous, fabulous new yummy, yummy food and Terry Hope Romero salad samurai, stay with us through these messages. And we'll be back with more Main Street Vegan right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Music Speaks Louder Than Words is an inspiring, informative, and fun hour of uplifting, heartfelt music and commentary that delivers a powerful message of love, joy, and oneness. It will keep you
2: smiling and singing along. Your hosts, Reverends Dale Worley and Christy Snow, are alive with the Spirit of God and singing their love to you
4: each Thursday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central Time with Music Speaks Louder
2: Than Words. Music. It's the only thing that the whole world listens to.
3: listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria underscore Moran on Twitter or email her at Main Vegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Hey,
4: everybody. Welcome back. We are about to jump in with my two fabulous guest. Let me just give you a quick intro. We'll do the ladies first thing and let you know that Terry Hope Romero is the author of several best-selling and award-winning cookbooks. In 2011, she was named Favorite Cookbook Author by Veg News. She lives, cooks and eats in Queens, New York. You can find her website, veganlatina.com and check her out on Twitter at Terry Hope and that's Terry with a Y. And her book, as we were saying before, is Salad Samurai 100, cutting-edge, ultra-hardy, easy-to-make salads. You don't have to be vegan to love, but I am vegan, and I do love them. I am such a proponent of the whole-meal salad, a salad that has enough substance to it that you feel as if you ate. And speaking of some person of substance, my other guest sitting right here at my dining room table is Marty Crudelo. Marty logged in some 10,000 flight hours before starting his blog, Marty's Flying Vegan Review, to showcase the meals that he ate as a traveling vegan who ended up literally where he never knew where he would find some food. And he got all kinds of followers because people want to know that with a few tools and perseverance, being vegan isn't hard, just maybe a little bit harder. He's always had an interest in taking all the experiences he's encountered in vegan food from fine dining to fast casual to styrofoam takeout. And while putting together all the plans for that, he realized that in New York City, there's no commercial kitchen space for chefs to rent that is 100% vegan. So he has started a commissary kitchen that will dovetail nicely into an incubator kitchen setup. So many projects. And people who went to The Seed last week, including Diane Wentz, whom you know, Diane Wentz, is VeggieGirl.com. She's chic vegan. She's been on this show in the past. And she wrote on DevilGourmet.com about Marty's new burger. This is Marty's Vegan Fast Food, and according to Diane Wentz, the real star of the event came in the form of a veggie burger made by my friend Marty and his new company, Marty's Vegan Fast Food. Marty was able to create an amazing artisan-made burger that had attendees talking for days After the event was over, and I have to say, Marty, if you showed me that picture and didn't tell me what it was, I would say Big Mac with a better bun? So you've really done something. What have you created here?
1: It's a Big Mac with compassion.
4: A Big Mac with compassion. Love it. So tell us a little bit of the history, and then we'll bring Terry in.
1: Well, as as a commercial pilot and a charter pilot, I was all over the world, and I quite often never knew where I was going to end up. Not that I got lost very often, but um, with a a couple of tools, as you said, I uh, relied heavily on Happy Cow to find where I was...
4: Welcome back to the show. I am so sorry. We had a major glitch there. So, Marty, I think that gave you a nice dress rehearsal.
1: Okay. I I, I better get it right this time.
4: Yeah, you better. That's you true. better. No. <laughs> so apologies to everybody. We were talking about Marty's fabulous vegan fast food, and he was just about to ask Terry about a salad, and whoop. Everything disappeared.
1: Well, what I was saying is as a commercial pilot and a charter pilot, I was all over the world. I never knew where we would end up. And um, through using a Happy Cow a lot, I was able to find some pretty decent meals on the road. Um, I also carried a small bag with my, my, uh, my one requirement, which is a soy creamer for my coffee in the morning, and, and made it happen. And people would say it's so hard to be a vegan. You can't, you can't say that if you live at home when I was able to do it on the road um, 200 nights a year. So I was – I traveled all over. I had various foods from fine dining um, to stuff that was just basic comfort food that was slopped in a styrofoam tray and out the door you went. And I knew that I could do it better, and I've been working on this recipe for years. But as I said, I'm not – I'm a, I'm a hearty kind of eater, and, and I – I, the the goal was to have a burger that people could sink their teeth into and not really know that it was vegan. And I, as I was looking through Terry's book, I'm not really a salad guy. Mm-hmm. And my apologies to you, Terry, but the, there was so- one sandwich in there that had seitan in it, one salad with seitan. And I was like, oh, I got to try that one.
4: Yay. Well, and my husband's response was East West Roasted Corn Salad because he loves corn and – if it says corn, it doesn't matter that it says salad. In fact, he had a roasted corn salad at Veg the other night in Philly. So that's the one he's telling me he wants me to try. So how did you get this idea, Terry, for salad book?
0: Well, it's kind of funny because um, I, when I was talking about the launch of Salad Samurai, that about seven, eight years ago when the cupcake book came out, I was talking about cupcakes. And now here I am talking about salad and I think like my tastes and food have changed. I mean, Marty, I still eat like veggie burgers and I still eat cupcakes too, but on a day to day basis, I want to eat more vegetables and, you know, and I want to focus more on the combination of hearty, you know, vegan proteins, you know, beans and grains and seitan and tofu, like all that good stuff with more vegetables. And the perfect way to do that is a big like entree salad. And it it just was like, I wanted to to do a different kind of book, a book that's more visually appealing, a book that uh, has more meals you can make on a weekday. Cause I'm really good at like the three and a half hour recipe. If you want like, you know, you want to make empanadas or tamales, you know, all night long, I'm your woman, but I wanted to try something different. So, so that's where the salad book came in. It's like, let's, Let's find something that people can make quickly. And then as I started talking about it and started sharing the recipes, people were telling me they sucked at making salads. So there seems to be a need for salad out there, for vegan salad even.
4: Well, you've really done it, and you're getting so much of a great response from the general world, outside the vegan world, which is always a good thing. So there seems to be this dichotomy, guys, there's this idea that it's the junk food vegans quote against the health vegans quote, and then of course within the health vegans there are all these different kinds of health vegans who think they've got it right. So how can we unify?
0: Um, put junk food on a salad,
1: Satan on, right. <laughs> <clears throat> <French clears throat> on a salad, right? French fries on a burger.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's
4: an amazing thing when when you can just. Get a little bit of that heartiness. And I don't know why it is we always think that if it's comforting, then it must be junk food. And that's not necessarily so.
1: No, but I, what what my point is, is that when I think about what I want for dinner, I don't think about an entree salad. I think about the way I was raised, the way my grandmother always had a meat-centric dish on the table and heavy starches. And I miss that. I miss that. I'm, I think that we need to balance life. I think that we need to balance having hearty food with vegetables that are cooked well um, and, and salads and greens. I don't really think that people have to fall into one camp or another. I think there's room for everybody out there.
4: Well, I think if we're going to make it a vegan world, we have to start ca- stop camping. And, and just be more open to all of it. Now, it's often said that the best way to get somebody to come on over and consider moving in this direction is with really great food, which is what you both do. So, Terry, give me a little bit of history. Have you always been able to cook? How did you get to be one of the best-known vegan recipe creators on the planet?
0: Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, uh, I... I've always been cooking. Uh, I cooked long before I became vegetarian at 16 and then, you know, vegan later on. And one of the things is like, I always just love food and my parents were really into cooking and they always encouraged me to go ahead and look through the cookbooks and go grocery shopping. So I guess one way to, to become just to be that kind of person is like, I guess if you have kids, make sure, you know, you involve them in cooking. Um, you know, but I just always loved to cook. And then when I became started cutting meat out of my diet and eventually other animal products, I didn't stop cooking. That's when you really need to cook. And that's when you really learn, need to learn like how to adapt recipes. And, and back then, like two weeks ago, when I was 16, I, um, there were really weren't a lot of vegan cookbooks out there. Um, there wasn't really a lot of resources and I definitely didn't have access to the internet. So that wasn't a little longer than two weeks ago um so i i really was left to my own devices to play with food and experiment so it's just been years of trying new things and you know trying out different flavor combinations and making substitutions and stuff or just sometimes making up new new things and just keep trying and cooking
4: so you and Issa Chandra Moskowitz did several really popular cookbooks. You talked about vegan cupcakes take over the world. We mentioned Veganomicon earlier. How did you guys meet and know that you had culinary compatibility?
0: Uh, we met in the New York punk scene back in the 90s. And uh, yeah, we, we kind of knew each other through some mutual friends. And I think we both knew each other as like these chicks that like to cook. And eventually Issa... You know, after she was developing the PPK website, she was like, hey, do you want to work on a vegan punk rock cooking show? And when someone asks you that, you say, yeah, of course I do. And so we worked on something called the Post Punk Kitchen uh, that was on Bcat on Brooklyn Public Access. And, you know, after a while, things turned into websites and then cookbooks. And I mean, and ever since we've been, you know, talking and, you know, eating and thinking about food together.
4: Ah, match made in heaven. So, Marty, you've got this burger, and it's pretty spectacular. Thank you. In fact, it just might be the burger that changes the world. So tell us about it.
1: Well, um, the, the the burger doesn't taste or have a mouthfeel of a vegetable patty. And I personally don't like when you take a bite of a burger and it's all mushy and squishy and and, and you can just – push it to the back of your throat with your tongue. I wanted something that was, we could take to a Dallas Cowboys tailgate party and serve it, and no one would know the difference. And I think that's what we got here.
4: Oh, I had a bit of it. I I have a little problem with pure gluten, and Mm. so I I couldn't eat the whole thing. But just what I tasted reminded me of what I remember of hamburger. And I was so young when I went vegetarian that – I've never had, like, a McDonald's hamburger because I don't think McDonald's had come to Kansas City when I went vegetarian. Oh, my God, that was so long ago. But I do remember, you know, when my grandmother would make burgers and, and, you know, White Castle every now and then. And this was very, very reminiscent. Plus, it just looks so much like a burger burger. It's great big. and
1: Well, I hate to say it, but uh – you know, when we recall what animals tasted like, they were very tasty. And I still smell animals cooking as I walk by restaurants. And the smell snaps me back to my childhood or 25 years ago, the last time I ate meat. They smell delicious. But when we think about who they are that they're cooking, I it, it causes me... To want to change the world and that's why I went and developed this burger. It's it's years and years of work and failure and I think we finally got it mostly right.
4: Well, it's sure looking right. So what's the plan for Marty's Vegan Fast Food?
1: Well, the plan is next week we're going to open up 5,000 fast food joints and take over the world. Yeah. Um, I, I think um, Mary Ann Sullivan said it: we're going to win people over with the food. And <clears throat> We're selling this at a, a, a night venue called uh, BK Bazaar in Brooklyn, Friday and Saturday nights, uh, at least for the next two weekends. We'll see how they like us and how, how, we, how it goes. Um, and if we can turn that into a semi-permanent venue, we'd, we'll do that. And um, we're going to get the kitchen up and running and go into full production with this. We may go into uh, supermarkets. Um, if that 's a seems to be a viable direction and, and and one at a time just open up outlets in, in as many cities as we can. five thousand is just a number that I picked, and I think it 's a nice round number. If we could get five thousand fast food restaurants out there serving vegan food like this with lines out the door, I think that 's a pretty successful venture
4: oh that 's pretty successful because those of us in New York have seen iconic burger joints with lines out the door Mm -hmm. people do want this kind of food and i consider myself a kind of quasi health nut i guess and so that's probably not something i would line up for but i would line up to make this world vegan and that certainly seems like one of the things that can happen to bring that about
1: that's my goal every day make another vegan
4: so terry yeah. What kind of salad would you serve with an iconic burger?
0: Ooh, wow. I think it kind of depends what time of year. I mean, it's summer right now. I would totally go with what we were talking about before, the corn salad, you know, to get that sort of barbecue feel to it. Uh, I think maybe maybe later on in the winter, I, I actually do have a, like a burger-themed salad. I call it a burger ball. So it's beet balls that are burger-like and with roasted potatoes that are supposed to feel like French fries. And the dressing has kind of a thousand aisle, ta- thousand aisle taste to it, like kind of like dressing with a little bit of ketchup in it. And, I mean, you could go like that. You can just go like, you know, beet burger, salad, meat, burger, burger, you know, vegan burger. Um, or kale. I think mean, kind of like kale Caesar salad, I think, would go great, too, with this kind of thing.
4: Well, I think kale has become such a – sexy kind of food these days. There was a time that you couldn't say kale and burger in the same sentence without being left out of town. But times have changed.
0: Yeah, kale is totally mainstream. Everybody eats kale now.
4: Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I remember the first time I heard the word. I was a little kid in my dad's private office. I was a fat kid, and I was always trying to fix myself. And I saw he had this nutrition book from medical school, and I climbed up there and pulled it down. And there was a list of foods by nutrient density, the way Dr. Furman has done that Andy score now for Mm -hmm. Whole Foods. And I'm looking at all these weird foods. It's like kale and collard greens. And it's like, what is this stuff? I just knew it was supposed to be really, really good for you, but I'd certainly never eaten it.
1: It was garnish.
4: It was garnish, yeah, you around didn't, you the didn't salad eat the garnish. Yeah. Who ate the garnish? Well, I see here, Terry. You've got a pepperoni tempeh pizza salad, which sounds like something that could maybe go on the menu I, I at Marty's Bean Fast I, I, Food.
1: I, that, that picture is spectacular.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that was like I was thinking, how can I take something that is so not salad pizza and kind of translate it into a salad-like form, and that has. You know, these big garlicky croutons that you make yourself. It has tempeh that you just quickly kind of season on the stovetop to have a kind of like zesty pepperoni flavor. And then spinach and sun-dried tomatoes and olives and onions, kind of basically like, like loose pizza toppings, kind of just all mixed together with like an oregano dressing. I love that salad.
4: Yeah, it, it looks really wonderful. I think this is going to be what my husband gets right after the roasted corn. Anybody wanting to join this conversation and win your very own year's subscription to American Vegan Magazine, give us a call, 888-558-6489. Say hey there to Terry Hope Romero or to Marty Crutolo. So what about people, Terry, who just say, eww, I don't do salad. I don't like that. Can you wow. bring them around?
0: <laughs> I mean, I I feel like I kind of know where they're coming from. Like maybe they're just kind of like they were served their whole life, that horrible iceberg lettuce salad with that slice of plastic tomato. And I guess what I say to them is maybe you want to try some of these salads that I really love where you have, like, you know, really flavorful vegetables like you know, like spinach and kale and arugula, and then you have something really warm on top, you know, like this like sizzling smoky tempeh or these like homemade like little mini beet burger balls or something kind of like savory and warm that contrasts with the cool crunchy vegetables underneath. That's such a great meal that, you know, I feel like that can really just reach a lot of people who normally don't eat salad.
4: Yeah, I think so too. And I've found as I try to be more raw, particularly in the summer, I can't just be Raw. There's just it. Something is missing. But when that warmth gets on the salad, it almost kind of quasi cooks the salad a little bit. Sure. It's still a salad, but it's warm. It's all good.
1: My my salad is exactly opposite. When I when I do my salad, I do it from the processed standpoint because I think the more processed food I get into my system, the better I feel. And what I do is I'll take a, a container of mixed baby greens and I will cut up a whole bunch of um, and I'm just going to say it, fake meat kind of things, bologna, ham, um, and turkey, and I chop that up and I throw that in there with some uh, shredded cheese, daya cheese or faleo hard cheese, and then Dr. Furman's uh, cashew Caesar dressing, and I mix the whole thing up, and it's a nice hearty salad, and that's that's what I think uh, Terry was talking about with the the iceberg lettuce and the, the slice of tomato. Yeah, here's your salad. You know, that's that's the one I grew up with.
4: Well, it's very interesting because the way you're adding richness. You know, with the faux meats and and the day cheese, you can also get some of that richness with just some pinto beans and some steamed broccoli. It's just the idea that you've got those greens there saying, accompany me with somebody. I'm all by myself, but not anymore. Not with Salad Samurai by Terry Hope Romero with whom we are speaking today along with Marty Crudelo of Marty's Vegan Fast Food. Stay with us and be back right after this.
3: We promise you'll experience a transformation in thinking that will reap huge dividends as you master the art of living metaphysically. For new perspective and spiritual insight, listen to Metaphysical Romp 2 with co-hosts Rev. Paul Hasselbeck, Rev. Bill Holton, and Rev. Cher Holton Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time here on Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for Main Street Vegan. Here is your host, Victoria Moran.
4: Welcome back, everybody. I'm here with Terry Hope Romero, VeganLatina.com. The book is Salad Samurai. And vegan pilot Marty, Marty Crudello. His blog is Marty's Flying Vegan Review. And his brand new Super Bergen Burger company is marty's vegan fast food so marty before we started the show you were telling me what motivates you and why with the exception of weddings and funerals you wear a vegan shirt and hat every single day
1: well i i it was an interesting journey to um Where I am today. I started uh, this for health reasons. I used to smoke three packs of cigarettes a day. I was looking for something that I could use as an excuse to continue to smoke. And my cousin said, Hey, I was a vegetarian and all my stomach problems went away. So I said, Yeah, that's it. And I became a vegetarian. I traded all my meat and chicken in for mozzarella and carroza and Doritos and got sick. And then I started to do research and Unlike when Terry was 16, when I was 16, we still had the Internet. So um, I did research, and I found out how to eat a little bit better. That's when I really started to cook. That's when I started to make my own seitan from scratch. Um, And you can't do research without seeing what happens to the animals. And there was a transition from health to uh, ethical veganism. Today, I think that as a vegan I have one job, and that is every year I want to make one person vegan. And if we all did that, and 2% of the population is vegan, if we all did that in a year, 4%. And if we did that another year, 8%. And once we're at 10% in three or four years, we're forced to be reckoned with. And companies will have to cater to the vegan option on restaurant menus and supermarket shelves more than they do now. So why I wear something that says my food didn't scream or veganism is direct action um, is just to open the door for conversation. I, I see the rest of the world as a ship that's run aground and our job is to remove one grain of sand. I might not have a conversation that makes somebody vegan or if I can get them to think that's removing one grain of sand. And then you'll have a conversation and they'll 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 look at Terry's book and and eat some of her food and the ship will start to float and they'll realize what goes into their their mouths and their their food choices and and what it really means. That's why I wear something that says vegan every day.
4: That's so cool. And I see you're also wearing a Fitbit. So as much as you like to talk about being the guy that's not so much into the health stuff, you're a very balanced person.
1: Little balance. Yeah. I'm a little balance. Yeah, you got it like going you. on. I, I'm down twenty five pounds over many years.
4: Oh, that's good. I do well and that's
2: 25 <laughs>
4: that's the twenty five pounds that stays off right. as opposed to gosh, I lost twenty-five pounds last month. Bye.
5: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> so Terry, what what's your vision for all this? I mean, you've already done so much to change people's attitudes toward food and eating animals. What do you want to see happen in the world?
0: Oh, oh, I don't know. I mean, so many things. Um, I guess like one of the things I really think is just really exciting for me is just getting people who, who you know, they're not ready to be vegan and they're not really thinking about doing that or even vegetarian, just getting them to eat less meat and, and just, you know, saying that, hey, it's, it's, it's not really hard to do. I mean, one of the things, though— As, you know, you know, vegan food advocates, I guess we're that I guess we're vegan food advocates is that we're going to be keep we're going to keep answering the same questions over and over again. And that's okay Um, because this is still new to people. So, you know, convincing people that, you know, that that aren't, you know, don't imagine themselves making a big change, that they can actually make a little change every day or three times a week or, you know, however they do it. Like when Mark Bickman, you know you know, doesn't eat meat before six o'clock at night or something like that. I think those are really interesting, you know, and also realizing that vegan, uh, you know, those that that are vegan and vegetarian, um, that we're really a diverse group, that we're not just one kind of person that only shops at one kind of place from one kind of background, that vegans, uh, you know, are of all shapes and sizes and colors and ages and, you know, um, economic and social and ethnic backgrounds. I think that's Something to think about, too, is to think that um, there is not one kind of vegan. Vegan is not just one kind of person. It's all kinds of people.
4: No, that's so true. And I remember when I was 19 years old, I'd always been fat my whole life. And I, I lost a bunch of weight on Weight Watchers back when everybody on Weight Watchers had to eat the same thing. So I was a skinny 19 year old and I got a job for Weight Watchers being a lecturer, which really sounds like what I did. I lectured because I was the 19 year old brain of the operation. I knew it all. And I remember people would come to my classes and they would say things like, well, where are tortillas on the diet? And I would say, well, they're not on the diet. And they would look at me like, but you don't get it. They're on my diet. And when I kind of got over some of my arrogance later after I gained all the weight back and more besides and had to (laughs) learn other things in life, it started to, to seep into my brain that we really can't dictate what people are supposed to do. We can just share what we do, which is really what you guys are both doing so beautifully. So during the break, and Terry, you were asking Marty some really interesting questions about his super burger. Yes, what were you wanting to know?
0: I want to know, and I you know i I work with and talk to a lot of people that are food food makers and food creators, and i I do understand you know the the challenges, the unique challenges of the restaurant and food biz. I just want to know like how where do where can we get Marty's burger? I mean, you talked about that now, but where like six months from now? I mean, where, 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 Marty, do you see people being able to try this? Because the more we talk about it, the more people are going to want to taste it.
1: Well, yes. I, um, <clears throat> In six months, I hope to be able to get enough investment funds together to open several restaurants. The more, the merrier. Um, as soon as we get this commissary space and we can produce in-house and we can, instead of renting other kitchen space, now we can investigate uh, getting certified to produce this to uh, get out on a wholesale basis. So depending on what comes first, um, we'll either have more restaurants or one restaurant uh, where this is available or be able to get it into uh, some of the local supermarkets. Right now the only place to get it fully cooked as, as we serve it is um, the Brooklyn Night Bazaar, which is uh, 165 Banker Street in Brooklyn. And we're there Friday and Saturday night from 7 to 1. which is very much like being a freight pilot again.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you could probably see some great bands, too, while you're out.
1: Fantastic bands last weekend, and I think I saw the sunrise on Sunday morning as well.
0: Oh, my goodness. It's pretty rock and roll.
4: Well, here's a kind of moral dilemma question. Marty, if one of the big meat-based fast food people came to you and said, we love your burger, we want to start serving it, how would you respond?
1: Um, that's a question I've gone back and forth. Uh, I think that if I could get this recipe, it recipe into millions of mouths, that that would probably take priority over me building an empire slowly, one, one store at a time. Um, I, I would probably be very open depending on the – I would need the assurance that this would remain a vegan burger cooked on a vegan grill and not mixed in with other things. I mean I, I really have – Thought about a little bit, but those are some of the things that I would need to uh, to iron out. But the more people that have this, uh, we had people that was, one 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 guy came up to me and he said, you know, I've never had a vegan burger before, but this was outstanding. And then I watched, I, there's something gratifying, and Terry, you know this, there's something gratifying about cooking a meal
5: mm-hmm.
1: for somebody else who you don't know, who's not family, who's not going to say this is delicious no matter what. Cooking up something, selling it. And having people walk away and take a bite and then they take another bite and you're ready for them to come back and say, I don't like this. I want my money back. And then they take another bite and then they give it to their friend and then their friend comes over and says, I want one. It's just an incredible feeling. And that's where we're at right now. The more people that will taste this, the more people will realize we don't eat leaves and tree bark for dinner. Um, And that's not what being a vegan is all about. Um, there's delicious food out there and I use your cookbooks all the time so that there's no question that you can make a tasty, delicious meal. You can spend three and a half hours. Um, Millennium has a cookbook out there from uh, Eric Tucker that the first time I actually cooked, it took me eight hours and I made four peasant pouches. And uh, then I looked up online to see how much they were. There were $26 a piece in this restaurant at that time. But, so I, I had a value to my time. But now we can do this quickly. We can, we can use pre-made products. If that's what your thing is, you can, you can go from scratch. You can go from raw. You can, there's so many options that we have. Um, and, and I think that the diversity of food that's out there right now, right up through my burger – that anybody who wants to eat a certain way has the option to do that.
2: Well,
4: speaking of options to eat a certain way, I want to ask you, Terry, I mean, you've written a salad book, and when I think of salad, maybe because I'm half Italian, but I think of a fabulous olive oil vinaigrette dressing, where do you come down on the great oil debate of 2014?
0: I eat oil. I think people should eat oil if they want to. And and it's really all about what the kind of oils you choose. Try to get the best quality you can. So that means, you know, getting cold-pressed, minimally refined, because those taste better too. Those always taste better, especially with olive oil. You want extra virgin cold-pressed. Um, and enjoy it, you know. And, and, you know, you'll find that you could probably use less than you thought. I find that a lot of vinaigrettes call for, like, half a cup of olive oil or like a lot like cups. I found I usually get a lot of mileage with like a tablespoon or two. And I tend to put more, more of the, of the acidic things like fruit juice or vinegar, vinegar in there than maybe some of the older, more traditional recipes. Cause I like my salad dressing zesty. So yeah, eat your oils and eat, you know, again, eat, eat good quality ones. You know, if you can afford organic, go for organic.
4: Now, as a, Vegan cookbook superstar. I think people always wonder, what do you eat? What do you eat?
0: <laughs> what, do I, what, am I, what do I eat? Uh, the funny thing is for lunch, I did have a version of one of my salads. I tend to hack my own salad recipes. But because it's not really that hot out, not like your typical August. Uh, it was a collard green salad. I have a salad that uses raw collard greens. And roasted sweet potatoes and black beans and, and pecans that have been roasted with sriracha. I actually sauteed the collard greens. I actually sauteed my salad because I just wanted something warm to eat. I wasn't feeling like cold food in a cold, air-conditioned place. So I, I eat well, old summertime. So I, eat a, I am eating a lot more salads and greens. I eat a lot of smoothie bowls where it's kind of like the smoothie ingredients, but I add less liquid and I make it thick. So you can spoon, you can eat it with a spoon. So it's kind of like, I'll have like a banana protein smoothie and I'll put granola and fruit on top of it. And I, I've been eating a lot of those. Uh, I love vegan sushi. Uh, I I get it wherever I can, or I make my own. So those are just some of the things that I've been eating uh, on, you know, when I'm not traveling or doing other stuff. But I could definitely go for a vegan pizza this week. I think it's it's been a while.
4: A vegan pizza or a Mighty Burger. You know, that all sounds really good. And I love the names. You know, I love that you talked about the, the smoothie bowl. I remember when I made a pumpkin pie that didn't turn into pie and I put it in custard cups and put on some vegan whipped cream and it became pumpkin pudding. And everybody's like, this is the best <laughs> pumpkin pudding I ever had. And it's like, has anybody ever had pumpkin pudding? So the, the names, the names mean a lot. So anybody who happens to be listening, I know we had a technical glitch, but 888-558-6489 for your membership in the American Vegan Society. If not, I'm going to give it to Marty or Terry because I am giving one away every week, no matter what. So tell us, both of you, what is your number one form of activism? How do you get the word out there in the world We'll start with you, Marty.
1: Well, I go to vegan drinks every month. And and <clears throat> I think that discussing veganism over a, a cold beer is probably the best way to do it.
4: How many cities have vegan drinks? Do you know?
1: No, but um, I don't want to say a number because it just seems like quite a few. And I just – somebody friended me on Facebook who's the head of vegan drinks in um, New Orleans. So I, I – uh, if they don't have one today, then by tomorrow they might, uh, might have another one out there. So I don't know. It just seems like a lot.
4: Well, anybody who doesn't know, Vegan <clears throat> Drinks is in several cities. I'm sure you can Google it. And I'm sure you could start Vegan Drinks. It's just a place to go and, and meet people who are like-minded. People have met romantic interests, but it's not a singles thing. You can no, go no, no. as a couple. And uh, cool. So you are doing activism over a tall, cold one?
1: Well, my my activism is really to change the world through this food. Yes. That's really what what I spend my days doing.
4: Okay, and that's a great thing to do. And I know, Terry, you too, your work has made probably thousands and thousands of vegans and near-vegans. What's close to your heart about getting the message out?
0: Um, Making food and serving it to people. I mean, I'm a food person, so I guess I love to do that. But sharing recipes... Um, bringing vegan things to vegan events, you know, parties, or, uh, I would like to do more events myself where I can host dinners. Uh, you know, that's a lot of work, but that'd be great. Um, I do a lot of like random social media stuff, uh, you know, talking and trying to share like, you know, vegan recipes or food ideas with people that aren't necessarily vegan, but just like good food as well. So, you know, just doing stuff that's fun, I think. Keeping, keeping it fun. And food is fun. Well, I think that having you
4: serve somebody food would just be amazing. That would be like having, I don't know, some fabulous singer say, gosh, I'll come to your house and sing a song. So that's a great thing. I would love to be the recipient of some fabulous food from actually both of you guys. So we are coming to the end of our time together, and I have not yet given away that membership in the American Vegan Society. Does either one of you not belong to the American Vegan Society?
0: Uh, are, are we being outed?
4: Being out. outed, yes.
1: Well, Terry, you're now a member of the Vegan Society, the American <laughs> Vegan Society.
4: Okay, cool. Woohoo! This is uh, your induction. It's a very cool thing. It's a connection to our roots. I just think about Jay and Freya there in 1960. I always say that was the first season of Mad Men. How could you think about turning America vegan during the first season of Mad Men? So, okay. Membership in AVS to Terry Hope Romero. And thanks so much to both of you. You guys are so cool. Let me give you their websites again. For Marty's Vegan Fast Food, the website is veganfastfoodny.com. That's veganfastfoodny.com. And Terry Hope Romero is veganlatina.com. The book is Salad Samurai. I'm feeling like a salad samurai, Marty. Maybe we'll go out and have one with one of those beers. I'm feeling like a
1: beer, yeah. (laughs) Okay.
4: (laughs) Thanks, everybody. God bless you all and eat Your veggies.
3: Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria Moran entertains, educates, and inspires you on your vegan journey.
5: The voice of an awakening world.
2: Letting go in the stillness.
0: Inspiration only takes a moment. Take a moment now to reflect on these words from Reverend Joan Gattuso. According to an ancient Hindu teaching, if you can only speak the truth. And tell no lies, either minuscule or outrageous. For 12 consecutive years, you can attain enlightenment. A noble being will always tell the truth. Do you? Begin now with the first step of simply noticing if you do tell the truth immediately, or if your first instinct is to alter the facts a bit. Resolve to be honest with yourself and others starting today. And after 4,383 days, you just may become enlightened.
3: This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity.
0: Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Things may happen around you. Things may happen to you.
2: But the only things that really count are the things that happen in you.
3: This meditative moment from Reverend Eric Butterworth is brought to you by Unity.
2: Thank you for listening in to The Call of Spirit. Tune in to Possibility with host Evelyn Foreman. Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central for more inspirational, heart-centered stories that will uplift, connect, and move you toward your higher calling in life. This program is brought to you in part by Unity Institute and Seminary at Unity Village, Missouri. Teach, Pray, Serve. Online at www.unityinstitute.org.
3: 1 p.m. Eastern, on Affirmative Prayer. Activating the power of yes. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
0: Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw. And on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind, Body, Spirit FM podcast network or wherever you find your podcast.